Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. They come to relax. Enjoy the beach. Have fun and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. And this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of the Awkward Water Sports Guy podcast. Well, is it episode 37 or episode 38? I think it's 38, dude. Is it 38? I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to re-record this. I'm just going to go. Yeah, it's episode 38. I knew it. All right. Well, episode 38 doesn't really matter until it's episode 100 anyways, right? I mean, it's like just a number. Yeah, it's just just a number. It's episode 38 where you... So, guys, I got to tell you, I don't really listen to the shows. I don't listen back to them really ever. And Greg knows that. He does know that. So, what he's been doing is he's been cutting out mean things that I say about all of you. Well, at least those of you that have been on the show. And because uh, he's afraid he's going to hurt your feelings. So I just want you to know that I've been saying mean things about you and Greg's been editing them out. So um, I just want that to go. I want to go on record to saying that I'm actually more vicious than, than Greg allows me to be, I guess. Keep in mind that I keep very high majority of what Kevin says. Because like, that's... Yeah, I'm Every not like saying sorry. like racist shit or anything, you know, like wildly out of, out of control. But sometimes I think he's got to sometimes he even calls me up before shows and he's like, listen, um, and he tries to like tiptoe around it. But I think he's finally because he's been zinging me recently via text. So I think he realizes that he can just let it fly with me. I don't know why it's taken him this long to just say whatever the fuck he needs to say to me. And, you know, it's fine. You're good. <laughs> I'm the one person you can do that with, man. And I hope you do. Do you want a pre-approval on removed content? No. No. I trust your fucking judgment because I, <laughs> I'm just going to say whatever I'm going to say in the so, moment and then go back and go, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't okay, have said so that. Okay, so I listen. <laughs> if I remove something, I listen to it several times. <laughs> and I go to that saying that you went last episode, when in doubt, don't send it out. <laughs> I'm just using a boating term, all right? Hey, listen. And that's how I decide. So if I was, it's when in doubt, don't send it out, then I I don't send it out. I was basically saying that Justin Buzzy made up a 10 best list for a backlink. Uh, to, and Greg cut out like all this hilarious shit I said. It was, But it was way over. It was so stupid. And it was, it was like in rambling. So I feel like it was a really good at it. There was no point to it. <laughs> I was, it was actually a backhanded compliment. I was like, dude, the guy's a good marketer, man. You know what I mean? He probably fucking just made all this shit up, dude. And fucking, he's a good, I've gone and looked at his Instagram. Like, it's crazy, dude. Like, it is all like info, info producty. Like, like, dude, like fucking just living that life, bro. He's doing it right, man. I just, 
I feel like I'm going to try, Greg. I'm going to try to like get big on Instagram. So for those of you guys, like uh, we have an Instagram page um, and it just got our crappy logo. I almost put the first selfie of you and I in your office, but it was so bad. And not that I'm a vain person, but I was so fat. It was like at the end of summer and COVID and me at the zenith of my drinking. So I was just like... I look terrible, man. And I, I was not going to, you know, what her name, what's her name? Um, Kaylee Lavache. Kaylee, Kaylee Lavache. Yeah. That's, I see the spelling and it throws me off. She said, you know, it's like Instagram sexy. You know what I mean? She used that term and I'm like, you and me, like terrible thumbs up in the office. Fucking, you haven't seen the sun in a month. I'm fucking all fat and fucking drunk. And I'm just like, this is not going to be a good sexy picture at all. So I'm going to have to give you the login and, and you are younger than me. So maybe you can, you can make it at least a little bit cooler. Yeah. I, I'm not Instagram. You know what we should do? Why don't we hire someone? Just hire and someone. Ta- and take our own advice and hire someone to run our Instagram. If you're listening and you are an Instagram expert, Hit us up. Send us, hit us up and send us some proposal. Yeah. Hey, well, hey, we do this. Why don't we do some trade? Yeah, absolutely. We, you sponsor. Hey, if you're listening and you know Instagram, even if you're shitty at it and you're just getting started, we will, yeah, you can sponsor our show and help us out with the Instagram. And then as you get better, then we'll give you big ups. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a great, that? that's a great way. Okay, yeah. If you're yeah. real shitty at Instagram. <laughs> That's a terrible pitch. We'll tell everybody to use your shitty Instagram services. I take it back. Be good. You have to be good for us to sponsor. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's good. Nobody's that's sister. Good. Nobody's, nobody's sister's cousin who's 14 who knows how to use Instagram, okay? All right. Okay. So episode 38, we have Ava Ramos, founder and CEO of Pure Aloha Adventures of Alabama. Wasn't it, wasn't it Ramos? It was Ava Ramos, wasn't it? Ava, Ava Ramos. Yeah. Uh, Ava Hard Ramos. A. Yeah. Pure Aloha Adventures, Alabama and Hawaii, two states that couldn't be more opposite. And she has a good story about how she, you know, started in Hawaii and came over here to Alabama. We talk about, what do we talk about? She, we talk, we marketing, yeah, operations. And then she was like really hoping I was going to give her a bunch of shit, but she comes out with like a fucking left hook and called me uh fucking, like, I look like I live in a trailer and I'm like, I'm not fucking with that lady anymore, dude. <laughs> I got nothing. She just <laughs> fucked me up in the first 30 seconds, dude. I'm like, I'm tapping out. I ain't fucking with her, man. She's too good. Yeah, so she gave me back some shit and, and she was a great guest. And uh You know when she said it, she said it kind of like she said it kind of under her breath. A so little low bit. key. So yeah, low so key. Like I didn't what even I'm gonna catch do, it. <laughs> so Ava, I'm gonna turn up your volume when that part comes. So make sure everyone hears it loud and clear. Cause that was a good left. That was, it was a good, she got me good. Just so we're clear though. I do not look like a fucking trailer. Trash, okay. I fucking, <laughs> right now I'm wearing a nice pink shirt. You know, I've got, uh, I got sweat under my armpits like a motherfucker though. So maybe I do look like white trash. <laughs> and she got me. I started sweating balls. I'm like, oh, shit, man. I don't know what I'm going to say to this lady. So before we get into the interview, we have to read some reviews. What? We have two reviews since uh, on, on uh, Apple Oh, of Podcast. our show. Oh, I've got a great idea. I got a great idea about the review thing, dude, and I'm going to do it. I am setting up an Awkward Water Sports Guys listing for Yelp and for TripAdvisor. And I want everybody that listens to us to give us bad reviews, all one-star reviews. That's what I want, dude. Yelp and TripAdvisor listings with one-star reviews, and I'm starting it. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. That's going to be funny. It all right. So funny. 
We have um, two reviews that we're going to read. Actually, we've got three. We've got three reviews. So the first one from Christina Fry. Uh, she says, great content. I stumbled upon this podcast and have found it super informative and entertaining. As a new owner of a rafting kayaking company, I'm enjoying listening to the past episodes. Thanks for great content. Thank you, Christina. Five stars. We have one Boom. from Thank you, Christina. the Jet 15 knowledgeable excellent podcast for small businesses thank you jet 15 and then we have ava ava our guest left a review this is even before the show so she says love these guys not only is flattery will get you everywhere guys (laughs) not only is the podcast super informative giving you the not so secret anymore insider tips and trade secrets of the watchboard industry but these guys are so fun to listen to not an episode goes by that i don't find myself loling at the complete ridiculousness of some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths on a serious note though this is a great podcast for anyone already operating or looking to open a washboard business thanks for sharing all this amazing information highly recommend thank you ava and look, at she it. made and she made the show. So we got three awesome reviews. Thank you all for leaving reviews. Yeah, and, and so sharing. I think That's- I think we should do we should do we should create a Yelp listing and a TripAdvisor listing, and then we're gonna start incentivizing some way that we'll incentivize the group, and then the person like we'll have like the worst review of the or the best worst review of the week. What do you think about that? That's a good idea, isn't it? That's a great idea. I think it'd be hilarious, dude, if if people left us fake shit reviews. I'm, I, we're, I'm going to do they it. Could, but they could be really real reviews of what they're really thinking about <laughs> us. But since we're telling them to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. They're like, these guys don't know shit. You know, they think they know everything. That Kevin guy's the most conceited fucking blowhard bag of wind I've ever heard in my life. That Greg guy, he's actually pretty smart. God damn it. We got nothing bad to say about him. <laughs> it was like intelligent, <laughs> insightful. And I'm always like, you know, I think you set me up, man. I do. I think you're like, I think you're like the hot girl at the bar who, purposely goes with like the fucking like the, the ugly girl at the bar and then makes themselves look better by hanging out with them i think that's what you're doing because i'm so dumb and you're so smart no you know, speaking of that <laughs> speaking of, of the you know the bar situation yeah. when i was in college and i would be at a uh, a bar and i'm single with my friends i would never go I I would try to analyze the situation and try to play the percentages, right? So I would never go for like the tall or even like the same height as me or tall because I'm I'm five, five, six, five, seven. I'm not tall. I tried to focus on like, okay, if I'm going to talk to this girl, I need to make sure I want to make sure that they're going to want to reciprocate. So I always try to find like the best likelihood of being successful at, you know, the conversation. What do, what do you mean? You're taking like, you're, right, so, you're going uh, okay, after so like I'm the not, third I'm hottest going, one that everyone's trying to go after? Or you're like, you're going after like no, the wallflower? No, I'm, I'm going after probably like the sixth hottest one. Well, that was, that was Russell Crowe's like theorem um, in Beautiful Mind. Remember? Have you ever seen A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe? I have not, no. It, it was so it was the same concept like and it, I can't remember what it came to but it was like a probability that he won um I, I, maybe it was a Nobel Peace Prize or it was like a mathematic uh, maybe a, a a prize in math but A Beautiful Mind it's a true story about and I can't remember the guy's name now but but that was the scene he's like in this bar and he realizes that like his probabilities of like meeting a girl and her liking him would go like vastly up if he didn't go after 
after the girl that everybody else was trying to go after. One hundred percent. And then he yeah. used that that that's like when the like the light bulb went off in his head, and then he wrote it was like a it, it was like a paper or a theorem on pro, it was like a probability theorem. How have you never seen a beautiful mind? It's amazing. I might have seen it, but I mean, but that's that's all me. Like I I'm all about probabilities. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get rejected ten times. Dude, you're so fucking romantic. <laughs> Is that is that romantic? I don't no, know. No, it's the opposite of fucking romance. You it's, know? It like, is absolutely You're going to fucking use like math to fucking like figure. Oh, my God. I hope your wife doesn't fucking listen to this show. She's going to be like, so you picked me because of a math a probability fucking. No, I was beyond that point. But if I'm if I'm out, out and I get rejected 10 times, what does that do to my ego? Like I'm done for the night. Like I'm just going to. Put put the, my tail to my legs and walk home. Yeah. So if I started, you know, at the highest probability, then I'm most likely to feel better about the situation. Yeah, man. I've been married. I've been with that. I've been with my wife for 20 years, and I'm 42. Well, we're going on 20. So I was like 23 when we met, and uh, there was like between her and then I had another long term girlfriend. So I was single for like a total of. Like probably less than six months, like of my entire life, pretty much my entire adult dating life. So I had like a very small like uh, experience with that of like hitting on girls, but like mostly I just went into a bar, and when I went into a bar, it always ended up with me getting into a fight every time. <laughs> it's a fucking surprise, huh? <laughs> like not hitting on girls, I just immediately start talking shit. You know what I mean? I make fun of a girl or something like that, thinking I was hitting on her, and then her, you know, some guy would come take a fucking pot shot at me or something. But uh, yeah, that's really. I, that doesn't surprise me, Greg. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That yeah, you would use math in, <laughs> to figure out how to pick uh, how to pick out the date for the night. But wow, as always, completely not planned, but always super fucking awkward. Let's get to the show. Let's get awkward with Ama Ramos. Let's do it. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Ava Ramos, founder and CEO of Pure Aloha Adventures from Alabama and Hawaii. Ava, welcome to the show. Aloha, guys. Thank you for having me on. So, Ava, this show is about Actually, it's about you. It's about getting about to know uh, your journey into water sports. You have a fairly interesting story because we just said two states that couldn't be more opposite, Hawaii and Alabama. So uh, we would like to know, how did you make your way from Hawaii to Alabama and how did you start your journey into water sports? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, the journey started in Hawaii in 2008. um, The economy kind of crashed. I was living in Texas at the time and um, just waiting tables and bartending and got sick of it. So I went to Hawaii for vacation and basically never left. I started waiting tables and bartending and got sick of that. And in about 2012, I became a dive instructor. And I did that for a few years, really loved it. And then I just got sick of being in the water all the time. I got sick of being wet, lugging around the scuba tank. So I decided to, um, I wanted to do something in the water or on the water, but not in the water. So I decided to open up a paddleboarding business, um, Pure Aloha Adventures Hawaii. And at that time, unfortunately, paddleboarding wasn't really a big thing. So I knew I had to do something else. So I decided to do paddleboarding and snorkel tours. Started out 2012 on Groupon. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I love Groupon. 
<laughs> and um, fucking customers are so good. They're they're, they're amazing. Awesome. <laughs> so, I've got a fucking coupon. <laughs> can I'm non- mad about this fifty percent deal I got. Join the tour. Yeah, got a lot of that. Got a lot of oh, that. Yeah. Um, so just started out small. I mean, I had I was running out of a Chevy Cobalt car and. About three sets of gear. I had these people in like long scuba fins. They weren't even snorkel fins. I was just doing what I could do and um, finally built it up enough to hire a couple people. They ran the Hanama Bay tours. I started doing the paddle boarding and I just kind of built it up from there. Circle back to March 2020. Business was booming, you know, and then we all know what happened in March 2020. So um, I knew Hawaii was going to be the first place to shut down and the last place to reopen. So I decided to cut my losses and I sold everything I owned. I sold all the paddle boards. I sold my apartment full of stuff. And I had some friends in Alabama who said, hey, man, nobody is doing paddle boarding out here. There's Orange Beach, Gulf Shores, Dolphin Island. Nobody does what you do. They said, I think you could really kill it. So here I am, sweet home Alabama. Our first official season um, starting in Gulf Shores. So we're super excited to see uh, what the season brings. I don't want to talk shit. I, I do, <laughs> Here we I go. Sh- I do want to talk shit. Man, I, I, I just don't know. I've never been to Hawaii, so I guess it's not fair. But I just thought you were going to be like, when I first asked, I thought you were going to be like, oh my God, this fucking place. Like I miss Hawaii and surfing and mountains. And it's just all uh, Alabama's like... Hey, man, listen, I love Hawaii. Hawaii is my heart. It is, I don't know, it's in my soul. But at the same time, it's super expensive to live there. It's super expensive to run a business. By the time you pay for the licenses and the business privilege taxes and the GE taxes and pay the insane amounts of rent that they want there, it's it's a struggle. So even when you have a business that's doing very, very well, you're still living like you're making minimum wage. So it's it's nice to be in a place that's affordable. You know, I, I it's like because where you're at is a lot like w- where we're at. It's like reminds me of Destin a lot. And, um, I, you know, when we were talking before the show, you were talking about like living like a college student. And um, I mean, that was kind of dope, though. You know what I mean? Do you have kids or anything? Or I don't have kids. I, I got Taco, my little dog. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. So when we came here, I wanted I picked the schools. But I, I do. There is a part of me that misses that college lifestyle, you know, like happy hour and that whole thing. You know, now I can't do that so much. It's like going from Never Never Land and being not having all the responsibilities of owning a business and going through all that. So I guess that's, I'm a little bit hard on, on here. I'm a little bit hard on this type of Gulf Coast. I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm hard on the people. I'm hard on the – like when people come from – the Gulf Coast, and then they come to Florida and like ask about crab legs or whatever, and I'm like, <laughs> "What? Like you were literally in the same water, dude? <laughs> like, like you think you cross like a geographical border, and all of a sudden there's like, where do I get the freshest king, king crab legs? Like Alaska, Alaska, dude. <laughs> yeah, Ava, why why paddle boards? Well, it kind of goes back to not wanting to be in the water all the time. You know, I, I love the ocean, and I, I do love being in the water, but The episode that you guys did with the women in water sports, it it really kind of hit a a chord with me because, you know, the reason why I think a lot of women aren't in water sports is because, A, it's hard work. 
And B, you're sweaty, you're dirty, you're wet, you're tired, you're in the sun, you're sunburnt. And it just kind of gets old after a while. So, you know, I got sick of my hair always looking like crap. I know that sounds so stupid, but it's true. And, you know, I just, I wanted to be outdoors. I wanted to be outside and paddleboarding is kind of the best of both worlds. You get to be out there. You're not out there for so long. You know, one hour tour is perfect and you don't have to get in the water if you don't want to. You can just be out there enjoying nature. And so that, that really calls to me a lot. I still love to snorkel. I still love to scuba dive, but it's nice to not have to be in the water every single day. Were you always mistaken for like a like a hardcore local in Hawaii where people always like, oh, like your ancestors? Well, I mean, I'm brown, so that definitely helps. <laughs> but... No, I mean, you, you kind of look like you could be like originally from Hawaii. I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican, so I definitely have the island blood in me, um, but never, never mistaken for Hawaiian. They, they have a little bit more of a distinct look. Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I've never been to Hawaii and I've probably never met too many. Well, maybe I have. I don't know. I've probably parasailed a hundred thousand people and I have no idea how many people have come through my door. So I don't, they could have been Hawaii and I just didn't know. But Ava, when you look at Kevin, where do you think he's, uh, he's from? I don't know. Probably like somewhere in a trailer park. <laughs> did she say, did, wait, wait a minute. Did she say trailer park? <laughs> oh, did you say a fucking trailer park? I'm a fucking equal opportunity ass kicker, dude. I'll fucking swing on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I legit, I, I do. That's really fucking good. That's good. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was a good one. That was really good. I got no fucking comeback for that. You just shut me up. Man, there <laughs> is a first time for everything. Yeah. So, Ava, tell us about like starting a business in Alabama. You said that you ran into some issues uh, getting your business up and going. Like, what is it like starting a business in in you know the deep south compared to Hawaii? Like. You know, what are the stark differences? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's real easy to start a business here. It's real hard to start a water sport business here. I think the problem here in the South is that they just don't really get it yet. Especially in Orange Beach, everything is boating, pontoons, jet skis. Um, and when you come to them and you don't have something that's motorized and you want to be out in the water with all these motorized crafts, they're just like, no. So I was told no by the city, the state, the county, the marinas. None of the marinas wanted me because they said, no, there's too much boat traffic. So I really struggled. And honestly, most people would have given up. I I emailed probably 100 different people. And eventually, I, I found somebody at the Gulf State Park that was willing to give me a chance. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it was... It was a struggle to even get find the right person to talk to because you email one person and they're like, I don't make that decision. And then you email another person and they're like, oh, talk to this person. It, it was tough. That's pretty crazy. You know, it's like, oh, those dangerous paddle boards. You know, I've got a GP 1800 jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> I well, the funny it. thing was, the yeah, funny thing that. was, is that they will permit you to do a rental business. So they're like, oh, you can rent to Joe Schmo and you can go drop it off at their vacation rental. And who knows if they're going to be out there with six people on the board drinking a bottle of Jack, you know, so they'll, they'll permit you to do that. But when it came to doing a guided lesson, they didn't want any commercial activity off their public beaches or their public boat launches. So that was kind of the struggle that I, I, I hit and they, they weren't even open to listening to it. They just said, no. 
Well, I think I think we talked about it too. Is that when you open up uh, public utilities to commercial, they they got it's either for everybody or nobody, and then and then you have the, the you know people that are coming out there dropping jet skis in at the beat or just they're rolling up with a trailer and a a boat on it and like yeah let's go and and that that starts to get problematic which i'm sure that area has experienced that you know i know we've had our problems here in the area as well so so uh, you were you were pretty successful in, in hawaii with the uh paddleboard tours yes yeah and that's why i didn't leave for a long time i mean the business was doing so good you know, I just, I couldn't leave it, but I've been ready to leave Hawaii for about two years. And, how hard, um, how hard was it? Like, I've always heard that Hawaii was a real tough market to crack. Super easy. For, for anything, like, like you could just bring a pair of sailboat in there. Cause I've heard you got to have like, uh, like contracts and all, like there's, you know. I mean, not really. You go to the marinas. If you can get a slip, that's the problem. You know, right. just like in the Destin market, you, you got to be able to find a slip, but if you can get a slip, you, pay the the coast guard fees and the slip fees and all the taxes they want you to pay it's it's pretty easy it was easier than starting a business in alabama that's for sure avim my guess is that being in hawaii you probably had a lot more people booking further out you probably had more international customers you probably had more business through otas compared to direct do you see that flip-flop now that you're in alabama and it's a more regional customer base Definitely in the beginning, it was people would book out, you know, two, three, four weeks ahead of time. Now in in the new world that we live in, it's um, both businesses right now are people are only booking about a week out. They're they're waiting because they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if they're going to get on these flights. So um, the Hawaii market's pretty crazy because it's these people show up on the island and they don't have anything booked. And everything's booked up. So we're, we're booked solid weeks out. Um, and I'm having to turn down a lot of business right now. So great problem to have, but also kind of a shitty problem to have. Um, with Alabama, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. People kind of wait till they get here. They wait to see if it's going to be a good day, if the weather's going to be good. And then they're booking maybe three or four days out. It's definitely changed, you know, pre 2020 to now. It's, it's a big change in how people are booking for sure. Yeah, and you said you worked in now Hawaii. Things are different. You you sold some of the assets, some of the stuff you did, and now you're mostly um, an OTA, I should say, or you're a, just a, a reseller of different products. So I was lucky enough to have really good relationships with the boat owners over in Hawaii. Um, when I first started my business, I used to do the Hanama Bay tours. And then I would go and work on the boats and I would take my own customers and I would pay for the boat seats. But I would guide my customers around and they would have their customers. So I've been doing that for years. And then it got to the point where I just didn't need to be on the boats anymore. And so I was just sending my people out with them and paying them a percentage of whatever I booked. So I've been lucky enough. I've been very blessed to have good relationships with two different boat owners. And so I'm still selling those tours. And I've partnered up with a couple people on the Fair Harbor Distribution Network, which has been great doesn't pay quite as much. Um, but that's been great. And it's only handpicked tours. I, I've handpicked about five or six tours, companies that I know, people that I trust, because at the end of the day, they're booking on your website. And it's your name. And it's you that they're going to be pissed at if they go and they have a bad experience. So can you tell can you explain a little bit more what you're doing in Hawaii for those who, who are not? So well, I mean, what's your business in uh, Hawaii? What do you mean OTA boat owners? Exactly, how does that work? Just walk me through that step by step. 
Yeah. So, so if you go to purelohadventures.com, um, we have the Hanama Bay tour, which isn't currently running. That is 100% us. What is um, that? What's that a is Hama- a snorkel tour. So snorkeling, okay. uh, shore snorkeling. So once they allow us to go back there, we'll be running that with our own crew, um, straight Pure Aloha Adventures. If you go on to the other tours, such as the Swim with Turtles tour, and you book that, you're going to book under my name. You're going to get my confirmation email, but you're going to go on their boat. Gotcha. So it's it's a little bit weird. It's how we've done it um, for years now, and it works. And I have a good relationship, so I make a, a lot more profit than if I do if I was on the Fair Harbor Distribution Network doing it that way. So Ava, you basically, when you left there, you you continue to run your brand and your site, and you're reselling other tours until your product comes back online. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's smart. So, you know, you're able to reuse your your brand and your your customers to sell other products. That's that's really great. I'm glad mm-hmm. you're able to actually u- utilize that while you're waiting. I mean, heck, yeah. that might not have been a bad idea for people uh, during the pandemic where like some cities, the land tours and the museums were shut down and the water sport operators were operating, you know, out just outside the city. They could have pivoted to booking other products in their network through like the Fair Harbor network or if they use Fair Harbor or something else. But I mean, it's kind of late now to <laughs> bring up these great ideas, but yeah. that could have been a, an option for folks. And that's great. You're able to, to do that. Yeah. And like you said, I kept my brand going. I mean, I was still on social media. You know, a lot of 2020, everybody just kind of stopped doing everything. They stopped doing their Instagram. They stopped doing their Facebook. They weren't posting anything. And I just kind of kept all that stuff going. And so when people were ready to book, we were still in front of their faces because we had been there the whole time. We didn't lose any of that traction. You know, people are always looking up like cute Hawaii pictures and, you know, things to do in Hawaii. Everybody wants to see that kind of stuff. So when you're consistently posting on Instagram, you know, you're keeping in the front of people's mind. Hell yeah. I know all about Instagram. <laughs> no, you love that Instagram. I'm all over it. I'm like a fucking the Yoda of Instagram. Yeah, for those of you guys just listening, AWG now officially on Instagram, which I fucked up. Like I did I post like a grandma. You ever see on Facebook where it's like the real close up photo and it's like seven of them? That's what I felt like the the Mima who doesn't know how to post on instagram they make it kind of difficult though i'm not gonna lie well they don't make it difficult it's not really that hard no it's not that hard yeah oh yeah that's why that's why you didn't set it up greg shut up <laughs> i've seen your fucking shit on instagram dude ain't nothing good on there come on <laughs> there isn't nothing good no, i just don't get it man and i'm so terrified of like you know, it's like everybody are, keeps asking us, "Where's your Instagram for the, the AWG?" I'm like, "We don't have one." So. Well, and then like TikTok, how how uh, how when you're like an innately uncool, do you make like good TikTok videos? You, you know don't. What I mean? Like, I you don't. don't. I, I do have an idea for one. My my daughter, my six year old daughter, she can like execute a D's nuts joke like perfectly all the time to the point where it's like it's getting old but the first time people hear it they're just like what did she say <laughs> like did she just say these nuts and i'm like yes i've been working with her on that for for a while now everybody's like other kids are 
doing all this amazing shit. My kid's like, hey, can you get me that? What? These nuts? <laughs> I got him. Yeah. So what's the future look like then, Ava? What are you? I mean, how are you going to conquer the world? Because that's what it seems like. You seem like a, a world conqueror. You know, I'm I'm trying step by step, little by little. Um, you know, getting this business down here going in Alabama, hopefully after a season or even after half the season, I'll be able to hire somebody here. You know, I love Justin Buzzy. I love his idea of going out there and, you know, building his brand and starting other pure Aloha adventures as opposed to Ugh. his kayaks. Oh <laughs> God, this guy again, man. Why don't we just like pair up with him, Greg, and we'll just have him on the show. <laughs> hey justin if you're listening i really made fun of you on the last show a lot and greg cut out like 90 percent of all the mean stuff i said so don't don't look down in a way greg <laughs> i caught you don't think i listen every once in a blue moon just like my employees i just show up you know like a shadow then i listened to like the first 70 seconds of the last show mostly to hear me making fun of justin and then it yeah. wasn't there and my feelings were really hurt Hey man, he's he's a smart guy though. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know it just it it kills me because it's like all these young guys, and they've managed to leverage Instagram and that, and it's really it is it is smart. Uh, it, but they've they've managed they managed to leverage it. But I know like me and Greg are both the same thing about Instagram. Like we just it's like you can't measure it. It makes it so hard, you know. So it's just like you just vomit all this shit all over it like nonstop. And it, and it really is. But then you just you, you wonder about like the time and the return on your investment. And like, and just like we're like, old like, like Google ads make sense. Well, the <laughs> thing about Instagram is that you can't put links unless you do sponsored posts. You can't put links in your post and it makes it very difficult to track and understand what your ROI is. So that's that's the thing that prevents me from getting really excited about it or putting more emphasis on it. But I know, I mean, we still, you know, do some Instagramming here and there, but it's difficult. Do people well, say and it's Instagram? a lot of work. Is that the proper nomenclature? I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel so good that I'm not alone on my fucking not cool shit. So, yeah. we, so we got to check out Ava. So then we're, I'm assuming you're like, are you big on Instagram? I do a lot of Instagram. I mean, and it is a lot of work. It's, it's like a full-time job. I, I mean, I get sick of it, but I know that you have to be on it. Um, and it works. I mean, it's hard. It's harder to see the ROI. But like yesterday, I posted something about just about the weather. And I got a message from that. And I got a seven-person booking from it. She was like, oh, I see it's going to be nice. And she messaged me through the Facebook business suite. And she ended up booking so it does work and it does put you in front of people who are searching for cool things to do in Destin or cool things to do in Orange Beach. They're going to look up those hashtags. And if you're there and other people aren't, you know, it just gives you another place to be seen. It's really funny. I think I got a, I got a booking from Instagram too, or at least somebody was inquiring like three months ago. And <laughs> I just looked at the message. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. I guess I'll go fuck myself now. <laughs> so, well, you guys are so busy anyway. You know, you're you're so busy and you you have the SEO down. And so for somebody like you, it may not make as much sense as somebody like me who's just starting out in a new market. I, no, I don't. I don't think it doesn't make sense. I think it makes a ton of sense. But like I'm with Greg where 
it's hard it's hard to measure you know so it's just like you said it's just a full-time job that you're just like fucking picture 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 and then like running that network and 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 realistically that's gonna be what's gonna fill the gaping hole of the the shit advertising platform platform that facebook's become like i'm it's like i feel facebook is back to like 2012 like i see all these crazy engagement campaigns people are running again like i've seen the change in the advertising on my personal feed and i fucking hate it like i'm not interested in an engagement campaign from some guy in you know arkansas uh like with a like a bacon sandwich store or something like yeah i'm getting some really strange ads like i'm i'm getting targeted terrible. like i'm seeing ads for like dolphin cruises in like thailand yeah it's it's gotten really awful it's there it's terrible so now you have to just go vomit all over instagram like 24 7 and fucking hey can i share your uh it's so annoying but i'm what i'm terrified about is that we're gonna go back to this old television radio paradigm of advertising and that's what i feel like facebook has become it was it's, it was an inbound marketing platform and now it's become an outbound advertising platform and i'm it's like that's only going to drive up like the price of Google ads and they're going to hold all the, you know, uh, the uh, all hold all the cards. And then, right, you're going to be on Instagram and Facebook just trying to like shout into the ether and put as much content as you humanly possibly can out there trying to reach all these people. And then how much is your time worth? You know, like if you're on Instagram five, six hours a day and, you know, not for nothing, no offense, but you get a seven person thing on it and it and it's not like seven grand or something like that. I'm going to be like, fuck me, man. All this time I just spent on trying to learn that shit. And then when you when you hire somebody to do it, it's really hard if they're not like in your market. Like me and Greg were talking about this the other day. Like when you hire a PPC manager, like they do a pretty good job. You get a good ROI, but it's never going to be the ROI if you run the PPC yourself. And like Greg was actually schooling me a little bit in his office the other day. We had a, it was the first time we've actually seen each other in real life in like six months or something. Ava, I want, I want to um, talk about marketing because paddleboard rentals, paddleboard tours are like one of the most difficult things to mm-hmm. to market at least that in my experience 12 years of doing this on trip shock booking a boat booking a dolphin cruise they're very benign they're very commercially accepted but you're not seeing a lot of people going on there and googling like paddleboard yoga tour or or sup tours or whatever it's it's very high funnel so you talked about instagram which is a great place to get the high funnel leads but where are you marketing where do you find success in these kind of niche tours well Again, that was the struggle in Hawaii when I first started my business was, you know, paddleboarding isn't something that people search for. So what, what were people searching for? Snorkeling. So that's why I decided to do both. And from there, I would try to rebook them for another tour, for a paddleboarding tour or something else. So I've actually never, with the exception of Groupon or people who take a commission, I've actually never paid a dime for advertising in either business. Um, I've never run a, a, a pay for click ad. Um, I've never done anything like that. Makes me so angry. I know. I, I know. love when people say that. <laughs> I've never spent money on advertising. I fucking hate you guys, man. <laughs> I just get this bill. Yeah, well, I'm not I even talk shit because Greg down there is a maniac. 
<laughs> I also don't have a lot of overhead. See, I have these tours where once you buy the things, they're kind of good for a very long time. So snorkeling, you buy a set of snorkel gear for maybe 30 bucks for a good quality gear if you have a good um, wholesaler that you can get them through. And then the paddle boards, they're a little bit of up cost money, but at the end of the day, they last. If you take care of them, they'll last you three, four, five years. It's not like boats where you have to be making all this money to turn a profit. Things like kayaking, paddleboarding, snorkeling, you can make a pretty good profit without having to spend a lot of money. That's what makes it the franchising aspect of it interesting because of the low barrier to entry. And it's something that a lot of people can easily do. Like, Kevin used to do flyboarding, and that's not something that is easy to do. It's a high entry to the sport, and there's a lot of maintenance involved, a lot of upkeep. So there's a lot of that's that's a very interesting concept. Just paddleboarding, paddleboarding tours. My issue always been where do you get the customers, and how do you get how do you get the word out on it? And I think OTAs are great, and I hate to say it, but Groupon I think is not bad because the margins are good on a paddleboard and a Groupon is good for high funnel. Like if you want, if you want to like get people to know about what you do, it's a good channel as long as it's not abused. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think now they're a lot more apt to giving you better deals. You know, in the beginning it was, you had to sell your tour for 50% and then they took 50% of that. Mm-hmm. You know, as time has went on, they realized that as business owners, we're hip to that shit and we don't want to pay. We don't want to pay that much. Even if you are bringing us a lot of customers. It's just not worth our time at the end of the day. So now it's, you know, you can really sell your tours on Groupon now for your full price. And I think my commission on paying them is only like 10% or something. I was like, I'm not going to put my tour on there unless you're going to give me this rate. And if you're not, peace out. Um, I think there's other great, even better companies such as Tripshock, you know, Viator, as much as I don't like them, and I'm not on them, they are a good option for some people. Um, I wouldn't, push people towards Groupon. I'd push people more towards the other side of things like Tripshock and um, there's so many... You better, you, better edit this, you better edit this shit out, Greg. I don't want to fucking Tripshock commercial again. Well, wait, wait, it, it helps. It, it helps in the beginning. <laughs> gotta get on Trexy, yeah. Yeah, I've never even heard of that one. Never even heard of that one. Ama- oh, you're, you're <laughs> fucking going to if you keep listening to this show. Because I'm going to... That's going to be my little intro this uh, this episode of Awkward Water Sports Guys is sponsored by Trexy. I'm putting together an OTA as well. I gotta check Eva. them out. I gotta check them they're, out. They're not live. They're not live yet. We're gonna be going. We've been dealing with the FHDN too. Yeah. And they they've been doing some build outs for us, and it's been uh it's been fun. It's been really interesting to say the least. So you know, no, nothing against those guys, but yeah, yeah. I, I I've been I've experienced that myself too, and. I, for whatever reason, we rarely get uh, stand-up paddleboards like alone or kayaks alone. Like our stand-up paddleboards always go with the boats as an add-on. They just take it. They want to take it with them. But it's always weird to me because there's a low, low, a low uh, cost option to go out with your family and do something active and go explore and stuff. Like it would, you, I would think that it would do better. And I think like from organically, I, I, I it's been a long time since I've done, done keyword research on stand up pedalboards or kayaks, but I, I think we rule the roost around here on that, or, or at least do something. I'm not sure. I better go look before I say that, but I, we rarely get any, but it is top of funnel that like we do tours and, 
and you got to rely on those OTAs for those keyword, you know, things to do because it's just, it's so hard to rank for. Yeah. For me as well, it's um, all about reviews. So every single person that I take on a tour, I look them straight in the eye. I tell them how important the reviews are. And I would say probably 80% of the time they leave me a review. So that's going to get you up there on things like, you know, obviously Google is pretty much the only place I'm sending people now. Google review. I text it to them. I don't even mess around. I email it to them as well, but I text it to them right there when, when they're standing in front of me. And as a small business, I have the time to do that. Hey, so, somebody <laughs> in another group said, uh, uh, so, hey, how do I get people leave me more reviews? And I said, do something they don't like. <laughs> true. True story. True I mean, story. You fucking gotta, you gotta shake that apple tree to get them a five star. But goddamn, man, you do something they don't like, they're fucking. Yep. Uh, Karen.com. Yep. So, Ava, I'm on your Yelp page, and you have the best Yelp reviews I've ever seen. Well, thank you. 145 reviews, five out of five. What's your What's your Yelp secret? I think it just goes back to loving what you do and really showing people a good time. You know, I don't. Are you a Yelper? I am not a Yelper. No, and I actually hate Yelp, and they call me literally every day. (laughs) All right, you know the right things to say to me on this show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it is a, a necessary evil, I would say. Um, and people in Hawaii or people going to Hawaii do use Yelp a lot. They use Yelp and they use TripAdvisor. Oh, such cunts. But I, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think 90% of the battle with those things is just asking, man. Just asking people honestly for reviews, being humble about it. Tell them. You know, oh, I just started out. I would really love if you guys just throw, threw us a shout out on TripAdvisor or Google. You know, I'll send you the link right now. It means the world to us. And most of the time, they're going to do it. Yeah. what You're you're still doing a lot of like face-to-face out there with them, yeah? I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really important. And, and as, you, as you scale, it's like you start to lose some of that. And it's like a, an evil that you have to do, you know, because if you do want to like take over the world, then you, you got to sort of take, uh, the, uh, the pointers from the evil faceless corporations, you know, yep. cause like they, they got there for a reason. Ask Greg, he's the CEO of one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look at you. Don't even listen. What are you doing over there? What are you looking no, at? I'm He's trying, probably I'm, reading I'm, my one no, negative I'm review try, that I'm I try, have. I'm trying to find. Oh yeah, I did find one one negative review. Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> I love negative reviews. It is it so the happy. one the non-swimmer one? Yin Yin from Chicago. Is that the one? I think it. Oh no, that's on Yelp. I had a I had a funny one on on TripAdvisor where the chick couldn't swim and she was just terrified and frozen and. She wrote, I sent her back to the beach. I said, I'm sorry, like that you can't you can't snorkel. Like what are you doing? I want she to do the swimming. <laughs> I want exactly. to do the snorkeling. I want to do the snorkeling, but I don't yep. know the swimming. Yep. This is this is an okay thing. We're completely diverse, it's all good. <laughs> but if you're in water sports, you know that Indian folks, as a general rule, there's an issue in their culture with swimming. And I've spoken with a few Indian folks and they, and they said that it's like a low, it's a cultural thing. Like it's considered, um, like low brow or low standing in society to know how to swim. So it's a, it's a battle that I think a lot of, um, international water sport company or destinations like Hawaii, like Key West, Miami, um, probably have, you have to fight. So you have to really drive that home. Like 
why at to us yeah you're gonna go paddleboarding you go jet skiing you need to know how to propel yourself 15 feet at bare minimum but uh, to to other people and it always just falls back to education and it but it doesn't matter you can say it till you're blue in the face and they're still going to be like, I didn't know. You didn't tell me. They think, I think they think those uh, BCs are going to, the buoyancy compensators are just going to compensate 100% yeah. for everything. You so. still got to kick your feet. <laughs> I got this great picture um, somewhere on, on one of my content pages. But I took pool noodles and I, and I was running the, the snorkel trip. And I, and I cut the pool noodles in half and then I just stuck them through their life jackets and they were in like literally no more than two feet of water and they were so happy i was just i got like a hundred pictures of of i gotta look for that i don't know where it is it's somewhere on destiny something so i'm done looking at your your yelp is is the cleanest yelp i've ever seen in my life you should be very proud of this yelp profile here kevin i got an idea you, you should you should aspire Shut the fuck up. You you should look at her Yelp reviews. Uh, listen, I've had I've had them like some of my SEO guys and been like, yeah, Yelp and clean it. I'm just like, I'm good. I got I do plenty of business. I would rather give away. I would rather give away thirty percent. Greg, raise your rates to me. If if between Yelp for direct or thirty percent to an OTA, I will not participate. Sorry. <laughs> no thank you oh i go on yelp all the time thanks you get the fuck out of here lady so no, just kidding <laughs> ava there, there's an idea that i've always had when it came to like very high funnel products that were where people are not really searching but to pair it with something that is highly searched like for example paddleboard tours are very low searched is one of the hardest products that we have to sell because people have people are not necessarily going to our website for paddleboard tours or going for fishing dolphin cruises and so forth but when they see your tour then it it then they're interested and that's that's the hardest thing is to get people interested prior so have you ever had any success with kind of combining like for example paddleboard tours combining them with snorkeling so instead of it just being a paddleboard tour it's a snorkeling paddleboard tour so that way you can capture the people looking for snorkel tours which there's hundreds of more searches 100 times more searches have you had success in anything like that or or you know to try to combine something with a more highly searched topic like that yeah i mean that's definitely something that i've always looked into um unfortunately it's kind of hard to find a good location that is good for paddleboarding and also for snorkeling that's accessible you know a lot of the snorkel tours you have to go off of a boat or you have to go through the surf. So um, definitely not in Hawaii. There was nowhere that that was accessible. The It was too far and it was too, too much of a hot mess to get these people out to where they needed to be to snorkel. Um, and then unfortunately in, in Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, there's not really any snorkeling there. I, if there is, I see Kevin shaking his head. Where do don't, I go? <laughs> don't try. Not here. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just crazy. A, anybody that comes for snorkeling and they're going to just be like fucking swimming through dead seagrass. Yeah. Like, oh, look, it's the uh, ever It's the one fish that's Bud Light there. can. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a speckled trout. Oh, yeah. look at the beautiful speckled trout. Gross. Oh, look, there's a water moccasin over there. You can find a gator. Yeah, I tried it. 
I, I, I tried it and it was just so lackluster and I just felt bad taking people's money that I was like, uh, like I know they do some here in Dustin over by, like we do, they do shelling. So here's, here's one for you. I don't know if, you, if there's some island you can get to or something like that, but there's this guy here. He goes and gets shells, like buckets of them, like little tiny shells. He like buys them by the, the, the fucking truckload and he goes out there every morning with literally buckets of shells. And throws them on the beach and in the water. And he's like, let's go shelling. And the kids go find them and they're like, what? It's, I mean, I. That's it's sketch. Like, <laughs> it's that's sketch. sketch. I don't little know kids about that. Love little kids finding shells. So what's so, I know I kind of asked what's next, but do you have any aspirations of getting into anything else in Alabama? Like now you got your foot in the door, or you just straight up paddleboard. <laughs> straight up sup life. Sup life. Uh, <laughs> Question mark. Hashtag sup life. Question mark. I'm writing yeah, this down. Yeah. You know, That's we'll a good see. I, I've thought about maybe getting my captain's license and maybe sometime, you know, getting a pontoon and doing, you know, cruises, sunset cruises or something like that. But right now I'm just one step at a time. You know, I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful to have the opportunity to kind of bring paddleboarding to Alabama because nobody is doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm just into that. We're going to do some sup yoga and, um, we've already got a lot of interest in that. Nobody's doing that out here either. So it, it is a harder market to crack, but at the same time, I'm just one person. I'm not trying to make a million dollars. I'm just trying to live a good life and, and do what I love That's what's um, up. and make, make some money while I'm at it. You know, I'm, I'm here to make money. I'm not here to just give away free stuff, but at the same time, I'm not going to stress about trying to make a million dollars off of paddleboarding because it's not mm. going to happen. Ava, what do you uh, what do you do to help educate and grow your professional knowledge on water sports? And other than, of course, listen to our podcast. Oh. Yeah, don't plug us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, plug Trip Shock all you want. Don't, 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 <laughs> plug, don't plug us. So. But what, what are some of the great. things like for listeners? You know, what, what, are, what do you do to, to help? You know, I, I think you just have to be open to new things. I I think that everything moves so fast these days that you think you got one thing figured out and then something else comes along. And, you know, from it went from Facebook to Instagram and now TikTok, which I I will not be on TikTok. I am just too old for that. But you have to know what's going on in the market and you really have to educate yourself on what's happening with the Facebook ad stuff and the, you know, Google reviews kind of being the most important thing. Like maybe don't worry so much about Yelp because that's not such a huge thing right now. It's more Google. I mean, everything is Google and Facebook. So you really have to just read, listen to podcasts and never stop learning. I mean, I think that's where a lot of these older companies kind of get left behind because they have, they're so set in their ways and they're like, nah, we're good. We're good. And then companies like me come in and just swoop it out of the water because we're doing the things that it takes to get in front of people in this day and age. That's true. I love that. I, I think that's that's probably the most sage advice. Sometimes it, I feel like it kind of it's bitten bitten me in the ass a little bit with this show, you know, because I do see some of these guys that are um, got a lot more money than I do, and now they are starting to implement some of our advice, you know. I don't ever think it's as good my as my shit, you know what I mean? But it was like pretty fucking good, you know. I'm start we're starting to see it, you know. But that's 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 the dog part. What do you like to read? You said read. I, I read mostly articles. I'm not a big book reader, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, I listen to everything from Rachel Hollis to Stephen Bartlett, you know, business business podcasts, just whatever pops up. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's kind of where I get my knowledge is more the podcast side of everything. And then just following. Um, I can't think off the top of my head what what I read, but bunch of shit. I don't know. <laughs> check out. Listen, ch- I, I always if you like podcasts, check out Andy Frisella. He's like he's like a guy's guy and he's pretty a hardcore Republican. I mean, it it gets injected in the show, but it's really not about that. But it's it's a pretty good entrepreneurial business podcast. No matter what you're doing in life, you listen to it, you will feel like you're not doing enough. The great it's a really great show. It's like the second great pot second best podcast on the air right now. <laughs> the first being this one. And I think you also have to check out what your competitors are doing. You know, not so much these these, you know, multi-millionaire people that you follow but you need to know what your your competition is doing who's out there doing what how are they doing it and how can you do it better ava what what would you say to your younger self when you just got in like what advice would you give that's a hard one i don't know i don't really know if i would do anything different i mean i think i did it the way i had to do it at the time i mean there's always things you could have done different but i think that i i learned from all the mistakes that i made and I would say just just keep pushing, follow your dreams. I mean, it's scary and it was scary quitting my job where I I, I didn't have a lot of money in the bank and I I quit my job not knowing if the business was going to work. I bought a truck not knowing if I was going to be able to make that truck payment. Um, But I think you just have to trust yourself and when you're forced to make something work because you don't have something else coming in, you make that shit work. Yeah, that's a big fact right there. And you got to keep on doing it, right? You you get comfortable, and you know, we were just talking about this the other day. You know, if you want to scale, you have to continually like take that little safety net you got and then reinvest it. And and I think that's where people think like, you know, oh man, you you got to own a business. You, you must be rich, you know? Like, no, no man. Like I'm like probably ten times more in debt than you are, and because I keep on putting it on the line. And it, every year when the pandemic hit, I had a, you know, a, a moment I had to reflect on my business partner. And I were talking because we were, I mean, literally tons of refunds were happening in a small amount of time. I mean, thousands of dollars every day is, is going out. And, you know, I have 50 employees that I had to figure out what to do for payroll. And and we, we just saw basically all the money we've saved up over the years just going right out the door you know, every day. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, there's. There's a couple of things I have to be thankful for, and one of them is that I f- I failed so many times over the past ten years, learned from so many mistakes. I figured out kind of the formula to generate revenue, no matter what I did, whether it be business investments. You know, I had to start completely over. Like when you know, when you have the grit to make money, when you know how to run a business the right way, you could lose everything and come back from it. Especially if you, if you, when you went down, you didn't bring other people with you. I was very concerned about my partners on TripShock because some OTAs did not pay their partners and they just went out of the business. I wanted to make sure our partners are, because at the end of the day, if I lost all my money, but our partners were paid on time and the way they should have been and my customers too, then they'll give me a second chance. Like there's bookit.com went down and their partners never got paid. There's a couple of other OTAs and reservation systems that went down. Partners never got paid. They ceased to exist. You can't come back from that, your reputation. But if you lose everything, all your money, but you kept your relationships, that social equity, you can come back. If you, Especially if you know the formula of generating revenue. People will loan money. People will trust you. And I think that's the most important thing 
uh, with with business is the social equity you get, your reputation, and if ever all the money's gone tomorrow, you're going to figure out a way to make it again because you what, already what stand say, the Greg? test of time. Net network equals net worth. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's 100% true. When I left Hawaii, I, I didn't know if my business was ever going to get off the ground again. But luckily, just like you said, I had made those relationships and I had maintained those relationships and maintained my presence in, you know, social media. And, and you know, I didn't just close down my website. I didn't stop answering the phone. I kind of kept it going in hopes that one day I'll get to do something again there and, you know, it just so happened that it worked out because of the relationships that I had built over that time. And yes, I had outstanding invoices as well. And I paid those and I paid about $25,000 in refunds to my customers because back in back before COVID, everybody was booking months ahead. So I had bookings for all of spring break. I had bookings into the summertime that I had to refund all those. And I know that there were some companies who didn't even refund their customers because they couldn't. They had spent the money already. And then the customers were complaining because they weren't getting their refunds and they were just saying, oh, we'll give you a credit. Well, no, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People don't want a credit. They want their money. So I was lucky that I had the money to give back to the customers and give to my partners. And I didn't burn any bridges that way. I didn't get any bad reviews through being like, no, I'm not going to give you a refund. Like you just eat it and you figure it out. So we're just about at the end. And I'd like to get you to share about your business website. Anyone has questions for you, how they get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, purealohaadventures.com or purealohaadventures.com slash Alabama. If you guys are in Gulf Shores, Dolphin Island, we do paddleboarding, paddleboard yoga. If you're going to visit Hawaii, um, snorkeling, paddleboarding. We also do sup yoga out there now. So check us out. It's the same on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us. You can message me. I'm always here to answer a question or put you in the right direction of cool things to do in either location. And Ava is super active on our Facebook group, so make sure to get in our Water Sports and Tour Professionals Facebook group. We we need more people in there to uh, share ideas and comment and make fun of Kevin. Yeah. yeah, and if you ever find yourself in uh, the area, you're not too far from us. Come, come out, come over my trailer and and have dinner, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the steaks. <laughs> no, I'll bring the possum. Welcome to the South. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep it awkward. You've been listening to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators to continue the conversation. See you next time.